like I said before, Mason's feeling under the weather, and he called me up and, well, text me. That's a new thing nowadays anyway. But anyway, probably Friday night, pretty late, and I didn't have a really a long time to get the message going. But I'll tell you what God put on my heart is he kind of wanted me to do what I know, and what I know is how to put God's word into my life. And I want to inspire people this year to read the Bible and not just read it, but also take God's word and put it in their lives. That look at that as an instruction booklet or a survival manual for your life nowadays. My girls will probably recognize a lot of what I'm going to say is because not only do I preach it, but I also implement it in our lives at home. Because raising girls I know nothing about. I raised boys, and I was okay at that, but I made a lot of mistakes. And so when it came to girls, that's a whole different animal. I had no guidelines. But I do have this. And I can put this in my life. I can put this in my life and my girls' lives. So today we're going to try to do some practical applications that I put in my own life through God's Word. And me and my wife, we, uh, we were able to, a while back, go to a seminar on finances put on by Dave Ramsey. This was a gentleman that lost it all, virtually got bankrupt, lost everything he owned, and was almost onto the street, and he opened up the Bible for an answer. And when I listened to his testimony during that seminar, he said, when I looked at the Bible and learned how to do my finances through the Bible and put biblical applications in my life, my world changed. And now we know him as one of the leading guys that help people with their finances all across the world. People come to him all the time and ask for advice on how to handle their finances. And he gives them biblical perspectives on how to do that. That's a key thing. That's just not me putting that in my life, but that's other people. That's other people that hit rock bottom, had no way out, and they turned to God's word, and it changed it completely. It's impressive. It's impressive how powerful God's word is and how God wants us to use His words in our life. It's designed like that. That's how this world's designed, that if we use God's word, it will change our lives dramatically. But we have to read it. As the new year's coming along, I would like for you guys to make a new year's resolution saying, hey, I'm going to at least read this Bible three times a week, a minimum of three times a week. That's all I'm asking. That's all you should say. At least three times a week, I'm going to turn to God's Word and I'm going to read it and see what He has for my life. I'm not asking every day. Just three times. It'll change your life. I guarantee it. If you start putting that into your life, it'll change it dramatically. We're going to start with Philippians 4.13. I want to start with an inspirational word. And let's stand as we recognize God's word today and give it the respect it deserves. Because this is his word. 
The most powerful tool in the universe is this word. It says here in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Lord, I'm so thankful to be here today to be able to deliver your message and to help out your people. God, let's take your message today, take it to heart, and help strengthen us in our day-to-day walk and help us be an inspiration to other people all around us, Lord. Let's open our hearts and our minds and our soul to your word so we can have it sink in and that we can use it and guide me today and strengthen me today, Lord, to be able to deliver your message in a way that it was appropriate for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys may be seated. We're going to start with John 14, verse 26. And this is where Jesus is talking about going away and then coming back. He's getting ready. He's talking to his disciples and telling them, hey, this is what's getting ready to happen. Trying to comfort them. It says in 26, it says, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I say unto you, he'll bring all things into our remembrance. But if we're not reading God's word, we won't have that to come to our remembrance. That's why it's important just to read it. When I first started reading the Bible, I didn't understand any of it. I couldn't. It's only through the power of the Holy Ghost can you understand God's Word. And that's where it comes from. You can get a grasp of what He's telling you. God will direct you through this Bible and help you out. And as we go on, it says, Peace I leave you. My peace I give unto you, not as the Word giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I'll let you guys turn to Joshua 1.9. And I want to tell you something. A long time ago, it seems like a long time ago, I wasn't really a strong Christian. I wasn't really right with the Lord. I grew up in the First Baptist Church. Um, I went to church five to six times a week. My mom started the deaf ministry in her church. It was a huge church. So everything that I, I went with her to church meetings, to church stuff, I went all the time to church. Um, and if I wasn't in church, we were visiting and going out and meeting deaf people. Now, that comes, what that did was that introduced a little kid into a world that he didn't know anything about, you know. So, mo- like when I went to um, church camp or something, it was all deaf. I was the only hearing person there. I didn't speak the language, so it was really hard for me, and I felt like a fish out of the water. Anytime I was at church, I was a fish out of the water because I hung around the deaf kids. I, I did all that, and I was, I was just really a person that was out of the water. 
And also, since my mom has spent so much time with church, I felt like God has taken my mom from me. I felt like that a lot in my life. And so, later on, as my life came to bed, I didn't fall on God. I didn't look to God as for guidance. And I really did everything I did do just to do my own personal, what I thought was best. Well, tragedy happened in my life. And I find myself in the middle of a grief counseling. And what happened is, is they're sitting there talking about the new year and New Year's resolution, and I don't know what to do. And as they're going around the room, I'm trying to figure out what um, New Year's resolution that I'm going to say, because I don't have a clue. I'm not a very strong Christian. And I don't know anything. But as they're going around the room, they're all talking about their New Year's resolution and what they're going to do to try to change their, their situation that they're in. I'm sitting there stressing. And I'm stressing and stressing and stressing. And I'm trying to figure out, what can I say? I have to say something. I'm going to look like an idiot. And I'm trying to get through whatever I'm going through. And so I'm sitting there stressing and I'm stressing. And finally, it comes to me, and just as it comes to me, a little voice inside says, not to be afraid. And I said it. I said, I don't want to be afraid. This year, I, I will not be afraid. At that time, I didn't know that that was really a biblical concept because I didn't really look at the Bible. But I'm telling you, God's Word is so powerful that even if you don't know what it is, and you put God's word in your life, knowing or unknowing, it starts to change you. And here I am, a watered-down Christian, tragedy, turmoil, everything's going through my life. And I, t and I take a stand and I said, I'm not going to be afraid. I just read, this is, not, this is a biblical concept. In Joshua 1.9, it says, I <clears throat> have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Not, be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whether so, whether so thou goest. That's the Old Testament. And then also in Romans. Romans 8, as soon as I find it. And in Romans, it talks about it too. And at that time, I didn't realize that I was taking God's word and put it into my life. But yet, where did that voice come from? It was the Holy Spirit. I was a Christian, even as watered down as I was and, 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 and as weak as I was, the Holy Spirit was guiding me, even through that time in my life. Because that's where that voice came from. Later on, I found out that God wanted me to not be afraid. God had plans for me in my life. And so, He was telling me then not to be afraid. And so I made that choice in my life. Anything that I did that year, if I thought it was out of fear... I went headstrong into it. 
I went running towards that. If it was, I'm deathly afraid of heights. And yet I had to be on a genie boom, I don't know how many times that year, several times. I'm never on a genie boom, but this time I was suspended 25 feet in the air, you know, and deathly scared. I mean, fear strikes me to where I lock up. But I tackled that. I didn't let anybody get on that. I knew that I was scared of that, so I took it head on. And I was able to do it. Do, am I still scared of getting on that or doing that? Yes, I am. But I do not let that hold me back. Harry S. Truman told us, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Fear. This is a biblical concept in which we need to put into our lives. That we will not be afraid. That we will take things and we'll go headstrong into them. No matter if we're afraid or not, we will do it. Later on, God asked me to be a minister. Before, when I was younger, he asked me one other time to be a minister. And I told him I couldn't do that. There's no way I could stand in front of people and talk and tell them things that they needed to hear. I couldn't do that. I had a paranormal, para, I was scared about being in front of people. I was afraid of stuttering. I was afraid of everything I could put in my mind. But this time, when he asked me, I said, you know what? I'm not going to let fear stop me from doing that. You ask me to do it, I'll do it. The first time I stood up and spoke, I was at a revival. And I was praying in the pew. It was this little church in New Haven. They had a revival. And it was an amazing experience because all the little kids were standing up going, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Every single one of them. And then adults would come up and start testifying. And more adults would come up and start testifying. And then little kids would say, well, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm bowing my head and I'm sweating. I am sweating. My shirt is completely wet and I'm sweating. God's going, you need to stand up and testify. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I want to. My knees are weak. I'm shaking. I'm, 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 I'm just sweating. And I can't do this. God, I want to. I want to so bad. And the whole place gets quiet. Completely quiet. I open my eyes and I look around. I'm the tallest person in the room. God had stood me up. I wanted to. I was seeking Him. And I was trying not to be afraid. But God had stood me up. And yes, I stuttered. Yes, I couldn't hardly get it out. And I was sweating. But I said, the only thing I could think of was what those little kids were saying. I love Jesus. And I sat back down. My heart was pounding out of my chest. And it was just thumping. Boom, 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 boom. And I thought I was going to have a heart attack, but I didn't. I chose not to be afraid. It was hard. And it's going to be hard. This lifestyle is not easy. It's full of suffering. But we need to put God in our lives. That's what it's designed to do. Fear cannot stop us from that. We have to press on. No matter what we're feeling. The devil will try to bring you down. He'll give you every reason not to do something. Every reason to stay back. Someone else will take that place. Someone else can do this. You're not strong enough yet. Just wait. Mason himself said that he was trying looking for the perfect scenario to get baptized. And then one day he said, enough's enough. I got to do it. 
I have got to be baptized. And that's the outlook in which you do. And as soon as he did, his life changed. He took the step. A man of God. He put God's principle in his life. And it's amazing. In Romans 8. Go with 36. And it says, as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But nay, I put the but, nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Powerful words. It means that we should not be afraid of nothing. On this earth. We remember we're behind enemy lines. There's an enemy out to seek and devour us. To destroy us. To take apart us piece by piece. Because that's what devour is. Starts little and devours and works its way up till we're completely annihilated. Crushed. Destroyed. Beaten down. That's what this world is. That's what the enemy wants for you, But we should not be afraid and stand strong. We're more than conquerors. Because that's what the Bible says. Yes, we'll be scared. Yes, this is something we won't want to do. But it's something that we need to do. Hold back the fear and take charge of your life. Because that's what it involves. Taking those steps. Is it a baby step? It starts out like that. But then you get stronger and stronger. My baby steps started when I said, I will not be afraid. And then it flourished from there. But I had to take that initial step. I put that deep in my heart that day. It was a New Year's resolution. Something I didn't believe in. But at that time, I said, I'll do it. Because I need to change. And I need to be stronger. And I need to take control of my life. And so I did. As we look through and we start going through this, I want us to see that we have control. God gave us that control. He gave us the Holy Spirit to help guide us through it. That when we're lost, we can find it. That we can guide us, comfort us. When we're weak, when we're down, we're in those valleys. He'll bring us up. And rise us to the occasion. Because that's what he did. Look at David. Look at a little boy going against a giant. Did he back away? It says that he ran to that giant. Not only did he run to, but he made a statement that was not going to happen ever in life. He said, I will take your head. He didn't have a sword. He didn't have anything. He had rocks. How was he going to take a giant's head from him he didn't back away but he ran to it with all his heart 
Because he knew he was going to conquer that. He knew he was going to take control of his life that day. God said, I have made you a king. So he took control of his life that day. And he did it with biblical concepts. He did it because he knew that God was on his side. That he was a child of God. Even before that, he was telling his fellow Israelites, aren't we children of God? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is that? He is nobody. I am a Christian. I am God's child. I can take control of my life. God gave me that right. Gave me that power. As long as I'm using his words, I can do this. I can do it. I want to go with the one, one of the strongest words that I like is faith. Because faith is the backbone of who we are and what we stand for. We're going to go with uh, John. No, not John. Got all mixed up. <laughs> oh, here we go. Matthew. Didn't I say Matthew? Oh, she doesn't have it up there. Matthew. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, here's my paper. Thought I lost it. <laughs> Matthew eight ten. Okay. I'll just go up a little bit and read that kind of whole story. Eight, five. <clears throat> and what I liked about this was here is an unchristian. Here's a person that's not a Christian. He's a centurion. And he's not an Israelite. But he's taken God's words and he puts it in his own life. That's how powerful this word is. If you take it and you start putting it in your life, it changes you. Now, as we read this, we're going to see that a centurion goes up to Jesus and it says, And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick with the palsy, <clears throat> grievous, tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Now, this is a centurion, a Roman soldier that has multitudes of people he controls. This is a man that worships other gods because that's what Romans did at that time. They had temples devoted to that. It doesn't say he was a godly man. It said he was a centurion. He says, and the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shalt come under my roof but speak the word, only my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this man, go here and go there, and to another, come, and he cometh, and my servant. Do this, and he doeth. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. He marveled. Jesus himself marveled at this. Because this is a man that comes up to Jesus and says, listen, you are who you say you are. You command him to be healed and it will be done. I'm putting 
this as in my own life. Because in my own life, I control people. I tell people, go here. I tell people, go there. They will do it. I know that you are who you say you are. You will tell this man. He will be healed. And he will be healed. That's faith. That's implementing faith into your life. He had faith in Jesus that says who he says he is. He said, I'm not worthy for him to come under my house. I know who he is. So this is what I'm doing. I'm putting faith into my life. God's word into my life. This is where it comes. Faith. We can look out through our whole history. Faith is so powerful. God wants us to put faith in him so bad that he will put the power of faith in our lives. And what I'm saying is, is we can look throughout our history and we can see people when they have enough faith in themselves, they can be beyond human. They can do things that normally they could never do. And I was, I love looking at YouTube and I showed my girls a couple examples of this. In 1972, I showed them there was a runner that was bedridden for two weeks. He comes up to the 1972 Olympics. He's running the 800 meter. The world marveled that he was able to just step foot onto the track and run with these guys. And as he started to run, he was way back. He was way back. And then they do the little caption underneath as he's talking about this run that he did. He was halfway through the run. He said, I'm just going to catch up with the group. And he does. And then he says, as I caught up with the group, I knew that I could do more. See what faith does to a person? God wants us to put faith in him. And he made that word so powerful that if we have faith in ourselves, we can transform and do things more than we could ever do. And so here's a man that's putting faith in himself and his own ability that he's able to keep going forward and pressing forward. And pretty soon as he's running around that last quarter mile, he comes up on him and he ends up at the very end passing everyone and taking the gold medal in that event in 1972. It's miraculous. We can look at the 1980 Hockey League when the U.S. went against the um, Russia for the tile chip for that hockey thing. They've got a whole movie on that where Kirk Douglas is the coach of that team. And it's called The Miracle Season. There were just nobodies. They didn't have hardly anything, but yet they ended up taking on the most powerful hockey team in the world, the, the Russia, and took gold medal because they believed in themselves. They believed. When you put that spiritual concept in your life and you believe in God and believe in this word and what it says it is, it will transform your life into something completely different. You have to believe. You have to know that this is the word of God beyond a shadow of a doubt. And take this and put it into your lives. I'll tell you right now, and I'll be completely honest with you. 
When you have trouble in your life, you have kids that are being disrupted, you have work that's bringing you down, you have co-workers you're working with, you have something going on with your life, people at church that get on your nerves maybe, the last thing you want to do is open up this Bible and see what it says. It really is. I'm going to be honest with you, it is. It's not natural for us to do that. But it's something we need to do. We need to focus this year. We need to take time and go, wait a minute. I need to recalibrate what I'm thinking and what my mind is saying. And I need to go with what God wants for us. I guarantee you, you will transform your life into something completely different than what it is right now. Almost fell over. (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, Matthew 17. And in this, this is where Jesus come down from the mountain. And they have, uh, the disciples could not expel a demon from a guy. And they couldn't figure out why. And Jesus comes down and expels this demon from him. And so <clears throat> they're asking him, says, why couldn't we do it? And it comes to this famous, this is one of the most powerful texts in the Bible. I mean, they're all powerful. I don't know why I say most, but. They're all powerful. In Matthew 17, verse 20, it says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you like i was saying before we can look into david's life when he was fighting goliath not only did he not fear but he had faith and those two things he was invincible invincible you i i i I hope you guys go back and read this because it's an amazing piece of our history that here David trying to inspire his army, his people. He goes there with sandwiches and lunch for his brothers. And lo, did he ever think that he was going to be fighting a giant that day. But he goes up there and brings lunch to his brothers. And he hears Goliath taunting the army, just taunting them. And he's been doing it for months and months. And the army was scared. They were afraid. They weren't putting that biblical concept in their lives. So here they are just getting taunted day in and day out. But little David comes up and says, who are we? Aren't we God's people? See, he didn't waver anything. He said, who are we? We're God's people. And they wouldn't listen to him because he was just a little kid. But David knew better. And then David kept going on and on. Saul even at that time tried to give him some armor. He said, here's some armor. He said, I can't do it. I'm not going to fight him with armor. Then what do you got? Here's a sword. I don't want a sword. I got three rocks and a sling. And he stands against a mighty, mighty giant. Because he knew he had faith and he was not scared. Two biblical concepts that he put into his life. 
at that time because he knew who he was and he knew who God was. It says that he did not back down. It said when Goliath was taunting him, he went back at him and said, I will take your head this day. Take your head. What did he have? A sling and three rocks. I'm taking your head. Who does that? A man of God will do that. A man of God will look at that creature in front of him, his mountain. He'll look at what's pulling him down, what he fears the most, and says, I will take it on and I will destroy it today. And that's what it takes. It takes that frame of mind and that thinking. I'm going to take down what holds me back. God says, I have the power that I can do that. Through Him, I can do all things. Through Jesus Christ. Powerful. That's what we opened with. That's powerful. Memorize these verses. And when you feel weak and down, you're going, I don't know if I can stand up to that person. I don't know how I can change this around. I don't know how I can take a relationship and just transform it. I can't do it. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I don't know how many times I even have to say that to myself through a day. Going to work, going home, dealing with things at home. How can I transform things at house at my home i can do all things through christ he will guide me it says that i have the holy spirit didn't we read that earlier the holy spirit will guide us and take us to another place another level we have to have faith in him faith in christ and not be afraid on that day that david stood in front of that giant he ran to him And as he was running, he threw that rock and hit Goliath and knocked him unconscious and took Goliath's own sword from him to take his head that day. Like he said he was going to do. He didn't waver any. He didn't shrink down. He didn't stand back and take guard. He ran to Goliath. It says right here, it says, let me read it again. And Jesus said unto him, because of your unbelief, your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if I have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. The only thing that holds you back is yourself and your lack of faith and fear. You get control of that and you put faith behind it and put God's word behind it all. You're unstoppable and unbeatable. And you're transformed into something different. We're going to have an invitation. And I want to inspire people that you need to come forward and make a New Year's resolution. Do it at the altar and say, God, I want to change what I've got going on. 
I want to be stronger. I want to be invincible in this world. I want to take control of my life. And I want to do it through you. I want to look to you in everything I do. I'm going to read your word. Whether I understand it or not, I'm going to read it and try to put it in my life. I'm making a stand against the devil and the world, and I'm standing for you. The Bible says that we're going to be separated from the world, and that's what it takes. Because it's not natural for us to go to the Bible. It's not natural for us to to do the things that Christians do. To bow down and pray for someone's soul that is beating you down throughout your whole life and trying to knock you down every chance they get. It's not natural for you to pray for that soul. But as a Christian and a godly person, it is what we need to do. We need to look for that and see people for who they are. They're children of God, that God put them on this earth for a reason. It was His choice that we're here, not anybody else's. It was Him that designed us to be, to be able to multiply. It was for Him to put us on this face of this earth. So everybody here is here for a specific reason, that we're all God's children, that we can have a chance to change. The only time you can't change is when you're dead. And then it's over. But as long as you're living and breathing, you have that chance. Go ahead.